The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Man, life can be difficult. I mean, a lot of times it feels like the world is just ripping apart at the seams and you can't take it anymore. Hi there, it's Doc Thompson. No matter what the world throws at us each day, anxiety, fear, confusion, we can still choose to overcome. Overcomer is the latest book from best-selling author David Jeremiah. Dr. Jeremiah reminds us we're not alone in this fight. God knows what we need. Overcomer is a personal yet practical book that offers a message of hope and strength for today. Overcomer, available everywhere right now. So you have new information on, um, well... You've put out new information, maybe some mis- to dispel some misconceptions about impeachment and how that process works. And I think right now that's probably a really good time for that. What with all the Trump impeachment claims and then even, well, if Brett Kavanaugh is confirmed, we can always impeach him. What is the truth about impeachment? Well, impeachment is really a much broader power than uh, conventional wisdom recognizes. Uh, and I think it's a... Uh, One of the things I wanted to do in the paper was take a step back from the red team, blue team screaming match, as hard as that is to do, and to just look at the constitutional purpose of impeachment. And it turns out, uh, contrary to the conventional wisdom, it's very different than a criminal process. Uh, Its goal is less to punish uh, than it is to sort of protect. The idea was... James Madison put it, the, uh, it was a way of defending the community against the, quote, incapacity, negligence, or perfidy of the chief magistrate. And that's, uh, there's a lot that can be contained in there. Uh, so, it, you know, we tend to have one of these conversations only about once a generation. The Clinton thing was uh, 20 years ago. And people tend to switch sides depending on what the, what they you know, whether they like the person that's in office. Uh, But it seems to me that uh, if you lower the bar to impeachment to to get a president you hate or raise it, make it more difficult to protect one you like, then you're going to end up regretting that when power changes hands. I mean, given that impeachment is a process and not an automatic removal from office, yeah, it kind of lends, you know, itself to more of a um, an accountability or um, uh, an affirmation or a challenge to a president's uh, performance. Right. I mean, there's a little bit of transparency. Hey, we're watching you. Yeah, there's uh, Ben Franklin said at the convention that it's a, uh, you know, it should be there for the regular punishment of the executive when his misconduct deserves it, and uh, for his honorable acquittal when he's been wrongly accused. So the framers weren't terrified of this. Uh, you know, we we sort of have this idea. Uh, you even saw was Ken Starr of all people mm-hmm. a few weeks ago come out and say impeachment is hell, and you, you, people compare it to a constitutional nuclear weapon. That's not the way the framers viewed it at all. They they thought you know it wouldn't be a good situation if you had impeachment inquiries at the presidential level every year or two, but uh, it was a safety valve that was there to be used, and I think we sort of turned it into uh, uh, something that. That's all too. We've mystified it into something that's all too terrifying. See, that was a, and uh, it was it's a, hard to. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say it was that was a misconception of mine all these years too. And finally, about a year or so ago, I read something and somebody suggested, "Yeah, this is not how it was intended by the framers." And I thought about that, and I thought, you know what? I do kind of like the idea that yeah, you're right. You wouldn't want this challenge every year. If it became that, it would be annoying and not productive. But every 
on average five, ten years or so if you had a challenge, I think that may be a good thing. As long as it, again, there wasn't an assumption that the person would be removed from office, just a challenge. Yeah, uh, I mean, that two-thirds bar makes it very, very difficult to actually have a removal. But I think they'd be surprised that there have only been three serious presidential impeachment attempts in 230 years. I think uh, almost all of them would think that's just way too few. Refresh refresh our memory on what those three, obviously, William Jefferson Clinton, Andrew Jackson, is that right? That's right, in 1868, and the third is Nixon, who was technically not impeached, but because uh, he skipped down before the the hammer dropped, <laughs> but but those are the those are the big three. Uh, you know, the first two separated by over a hundred years, and then uh, Bill Clinton. So uh, we've, been, if anything, been been too shy to use it. In your mind, how often would it be used um, as the framers intended? Ballpark every how many years? Uh hard to say but i would say like if we tripled the current rate you know three serious presidential impeachment attempts 230 years it's about once every 75 years once every 15 presidents imagine it was once every five presidents Mm -hmm. i I think probably the framers all had different ideas in mind to the extent that they even thought about a rate but i don't think that rate would be shocking for that that'd be like once a generation you uh you have a serious effort at uh, and national debate about impeaching a president, and is that too much? I I don't think so. Uh, maybe once a generation we could stand to be reminded that president serves at our pleasure. It was it was funny if you remember during the um, impeachment trials of Clinton when they you know first said okay we're going to do this. Uh, nobody really had any idea on how this process worked, even people in Congress. And I mean, they had the, you know, they had it laid out as far as the constitution goes, but then it's like, okay, what's, what's the system here? How does this, we, we just didn't know it's been so long. Nobody's been exposed. To yeah. That. I, I think they had to, uh, they largely dusted off some of the rules that they used yeah. in the, the last <laughs> Senate trial of, you know, of a president, uh, Andrew Johnson. So yeah, we've certainly grown rusty about this and uh i think we've uh, diverted too much into uh uh special prosecutors and independent counsels I and mean, congress has outsourced a lot of this stuff and that all contributes to the idea that what you're looking for is a felony or something uh it's a sort of over criminalization of impeachment that, that that actually then helps the um high crimes or misdemeanors that makes more sense because that's always been the debate. It's like high crimes and misdemeanors. Well, that would yeah. make sense that even if it's something smaller, the process is there, but maybe the removal would be more of the high crimes, right? Well, it's it's just, it's always going to be difficult to, to remove a president. Sometimes the way an impeachment functions, though, is uh, it's, you know, there's always a debate about censuring a president. And mm-hmm. it's very difficult. Almost nobody remembers the presidents that were actually censured. You know, they probably win a trivia uh, mm-hmm. competition <laughs> with, with some of this. Um, but everybody remembers that, you know, Bill Clinton was impeached. Uh, it sort of functions as even if uh, there's an acquittal in the Senate, it does sort of function as a. Uh, in that case, a black mark on the uh, president's mm-hmm. record. And you're seeing now that uh, 
a lot of people are who were against the Clinton impeachment are uh, reevaluating that position. So what is the um, is it the same process for removing a Supreme Court justice? It, well, it's it's slightly different, but that's only because. Uh, it, it, well, in 1980, uh, they passed a, a statute where the Judicial Conference of the United States, this body, uh, recommends judges for impeachment. So a lot of our recent judicial impeachments have been have sort of come up from the judicial branch, from this committee and from FBI investigations. So that part of it's different, but there's no reason. There's nothing that says that Congress can only impeach through that process. Okay. Um, I do think uh, that if Brett, if Brett Kavanaugh is confirmed or not confirmed, whatever, and they try to remove him from his post, I yeah. still think the math is going to be very difficult for them. It's you know not a case of getting past 50 votes. It's a case of getting past 67. And uh, I... I, I, that's just as a practical matter that that strikes me as uh, is pretty unlikely. Although they may decide they want to do it uh, just to keep the issue alive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm sure that's it's uh, good marketing for them as far as that goes. But yeah. people forget. <laughs> I love through this process. They're like, you know what? I'm so upset about him. I have some serious concerns. You know, that's a lifetime appointment, and they're forgetting that his current appointment is a lifetime appointment. Is it not? <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, there's a little, uh, you know, as people have pointed out, it would be a little strange to say that, well, the doubts that have been raised are too grave for him to be on the Supreme Court. But, uh, you know, the second highest court in the land. That's a good spot for him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I do have a, uh, you guys, Gene, you did a video about five myths of the myths of the, uh, impeachment process i really like your number four the 25th amendment is a legitimate substitute for impeachment can you cover that sure uh there's this uh it's become very popular i mean you've 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 seen this the uh the idea of repealing and replacing the trump presidency uh by using the 25th amendment now 25th amendment i think up until the trump presidency it only sort of came up in thriller plots you know it's the the provision that the uh the the cabinet and the vice president or the vice president another body that congress sets up uh declare that the president the state disabled language is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office and uh remove him and the and then the the vice president becomes acting president the president can challenge that and ultimately congress has to sort it out um, the idea of using this to remove Trump because you think he's erratic and doesn't act presidential is just completely constitutionally illegitimate. That's uh, not what the amendment was designed for. The amendment was uh, drafted in the wake of the Kennedy assassination, and the floor debates about this are pretty clear. They're thinking about, like, what happens if you have a president who survives an assassination attempt but is... Uh, completely disabled or you have something like Woodrow Wilson's stroke. Uh, And that's part of the reason for the language inability to discharge the powers and duties of the office. They didn't mean somebody who, you know, raises doubts about how wisely he's going to discharge those powers and duties. They meant really couldn't do it. So 
it's, uh, I think, constitutionally invalid to even go down this road. Uh, it's also uh, politically more difficult uh, than impeachment for Congress to to settle the issue. And I think it would, uh, I, I think people are wrong when they compare impeachment to a coup. I think that's an abusive language. But there is, uh, I think you can make a fair case that the vice president getting together with a majority of the cabinet and pulling the plug on the president, uh, I think people would look at that as something of a coup. Yeah, it, uh, it so may, I think it's a bad idea. It may be politically appetizing if you disagree with the president vehemently on something and think he's a little nutty. It may be politically appetizing, but you've got to be very careful before you head down that road because, I mean, that, that really is putting the Republican in danger. Yeah, it could lead to a host of confusion. There's even, uh, I write in the paper, this sort of a, it's not clear during the, the period where, say pence would be saying he's disabled and trump is saying no i'm not there's a, it's not entirely clear who's in charge at various points oh. so it, it, there's a lot of instability uh that could that could arise over this awesome stuff thanks so much for your insight gene i really appreciate it cato.org correct yep cato.org. Right. thank you and we'll uh, tweet out uh, link and post uh, to it so people can find it. Thanks so much, Gene. Have a great day. Hey, it's Doc Thompson, and you're listening to The Morning Blaze. And if you like what you're hearing on this show, then you probably will like Pat Gray Unleashed. Available now wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Direct Fire is a jet-fueled political thriller that's now available in paperback. It's taken from the 30 years of military service of Brigadier General Anthony Tata. His books have gotten high praise from George H.W. Bush and Glenn Beck. In Direct Fire, a Delta Force veteran races against the clock to take out terrorists gather it in the North Carolina mountains. The terrorists have already taken down military brass and civilian leaders, and that's only the beginning. Direct Fire is on sale now. Just visit AJTATA.com. That's AJTATA.com. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.